Hello, gorgeous. You're listening to the Everyday Style School podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Mackey Mary, and I've been dressing real women just like you for over 20 years. Now I'm on a mission to teach women around the world how to create easy, effortless style without confusion and overwhelm. If you're ready to create a wardrobe you love and feel confident every day so you can live the life you want, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Welcome back. Today we're talking about spring trends and I'm kind of shocked that it actually feels like spring here today. Normally, early March in Minnesota is most definitely winter, but today it feels like spring and it's got me in the right mindset for this episode. So I'm going to share five things all the cool girls will be wearing this season and how you can work them into your real women wardrobe. Before we get to that, though, let's answer a listener question. Today's question comes from Amy, who wrote and said, I just went through the ultimate closet makeover class and I loved it. I got rid of so much stuff I wasn't wearing and now I love my wardrobe. I also love how organized and neat my closet looks, but I'm still struggling with accessories, especially jewelry. Do you have any tips on organizing and storing them? Thanks. Great question, Amy, and I do indeed have some tips for you, but like any organization and storage question, the answer largely depends on your space and your preferences. It's kind of like people asking if they should hang or fold. My answer always is if you have the room, hang, but if you don't, folding works too. You've got to make the tips and tricks work for the space that you have. When it comes to accessories, I am a big believer in out of sight, out of mind. I used to put in my pre-service instructions to my closet edit clients that they should pull out all of their accessories, even that drawer of scarves that they hadn't touched in years. Now, how did I know they had that drawer? Almost every woman does. And most women admitted that they too had not touched those scarves in years. Now, it probably isn't feasible for you to have every accessory you own stored in plain view, but it does mean that when you start stacking things up or leaving them in boxes, the odds that they'll actually be used go way, way down. For things like scarves and belts, I do recommend those space-saving accessory hangers because you're a lot more likely to add a scarf or a belt to your outfit if you can see it hanging with your clothes. You don't have to go hunting for it. But for things like jewelry, you're going to need a different solution. Luckily, there are so many different types of jewelry organizers out there. The trick is finding one that really suits your needs. First, take a note of what your jewelry collection looks like. For example, if you don't wear a lot of fabric, fashion rings, you don't need a jewelry box or armor that has a big section dedicated to storing rings. That's just wasted space. Also, if you wear large, mostly French hook earrings, make sure the jewelry box or armor that you choose has room for them. Lots of jewelry storage solutions are made for people who wear nothing but tiny stud earrings and short dainty necklaces. If that is you, the world of jewelry storage is your oyster. If it's not, you're going to have to be a little bit more thoughtful about what you purchase so that it actually works. Over the years, I've seen lots of clients with dresser top jewelry boxes, but you know, kind of the little ones that are mostly empty because their accessories simply don't fit. It's a waste of dresser top space and it doesn't solve your problem. So it's kind of a lose-lose situation in my book. So make sure you find a storage solution that accommodates your style and your collection. In my experience, as a person who has gravitated toward bigger, bolder jewelry in the past, a freestanding or over-the-door mirrored 
armoire or chest is the only solution to storing the bigger pieces. Dresser top jewelry boxes just don't have the space for big statement necklaces or, you know, bigger bracelets. I've also had lots of clients who dedicated a dresser drawer to their accessories, and that works too. In that scenario, your best solution is clear acrylic stacking trays so you can kind of see what you have. But again, keep in mind that the more you stack, the less likely you are to wear what's on the bottom. If a pre-made storage solution isn't enough for you, use your walls. For a lot of years, when bigger statement necklaces were more my style and it was doing more onstage events that required bolder jewelry to really stand out, I hung vintage doorknobs on my wall and made a, a decorative necklace wall. It was really easy to see what I had. It kept them from getting all tangled and messed up, and it even looked kind of cute. I've also seen some wall earring holders made from chicken coop wire or mesh and a pretty picture frame. I'm sure Pinterest has loads of DIY solutions like that. If you want to be technical about it, this is not the best way to store jewelry in terms of taking care of your accessories. When you keep jewelry enclosed in a box or armoire, it stays in better condition. The humidity of a room doesn't have as much of an effect, so your pieces are less likely to tarnish. And the velvet of most jewelry boxes keeps your pieces from knocking together and getting scratched. So I get it. And what I would say about that is, yes, in a perfect world, you should keep your things stored, enclosed, and protected, humidity controlled, all that good stuff. But hanging on a wall is a whole lot better than a jumbled pile in a box. So just do the best that you can. My last bit of advice is to edit your accessory collection often. You'll never wear accessories you don't love. So every year or every season, don't forget to give your jewelry box or wall a once over for things that are broken or in bad condition, out of date, or simply no longer your style. The less you have, the less you have to store and the easier it is to manage and wear your collection. And isn't that the point of having them so you actually use them? So Amy, I hope that helps. And if you've got a question you want to hear answered on the show, you can always email it to podcast at youreverydaystyle.com. And when we come back, we're going to talk about spring trends. The spring 2021 capsule wardrobe guide is coming next week. Our capsule guide shows you the 39 pieces you need to create a cohesive, stylish mix and match wardrobe that gets you dressed for everything from casual office days to Netflix binges on the couch and everything in between. This instantly downloadable ebook shows you what to buy, where to buy it, and how to put it all together. You get pictures and descriptions of all 39 pieces, plus a database of shopping links. We've got links for all budgets and all sizes, including curvy and tall links. Then the book shows you page by page how to style each item for maximum versatility. The Capsule Wardrobe Guide is your blueprint to effortless style, and you won't believe how easy it is to get dressed, look great, and feel confident all season long. As soon as the guide is released, we'll let you know, so make sure you're on our email list. Head over to the show notes and sign up so you don't miss it and get ready to have your most stylish spring ever. And now, back to the show. 
Before we get into what the trends are this season, I want to talk about trends in general. If you haven't listened to episode 13, The Truth About Trends, it's a good one to check out. I reference it all the time because I still have women asking if they should buy things or will they be out next season? And this is a mindset that's simply got to change because trends have changed. Women are making decisions about whether or not to buy things using outdated thinking and concerns, and often they're not having fun with fashion or they're not trying new things because of it. It's time to update our thinking on what trends really are. Contrary to popular belief, trends move slowly. I want to challenge you to name something that you bought or something even that you wore last year that is completely out of style today. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I ever wore that. You can't do it. How about five years ago? Can you think of an item you bought or wore five years ago that is completely out of style today? I'm guessing you have to go back at least that far to think of things that look just super outdated today. Five years ago, I was wearing knee-high riding boots constantly, as we all were. Today, they look dated to me. Does that mean they're completely out of style and you can't even find them in stores? No, of course not. But they became trendy around 2005, 2006-ish, and it's only been maybe the last three or four years that they haven't looked current. That's a long time and not at all the, should I buy these or will they be out next season thinking that women are concerned about? One reason for this is that there's nothing new under the sun. Today, we're going to talk about the colors that are trending this season, but it isn't like these are new colors. There are no new colors. The color trends are just colors that are, as I like to say, having a moment. So a color can't really be trendy. Do you know what I mean? It's always going to be there, but just maybe not as prevalent. For a lot of years, especially in the fall and winter, burgundy was having a moment. Every store was full of burgundy. I look at past capsule guides and there was a lot of burgundy because I use the colors that are readily available in the stores in my guides. That has shifted and the last couple of years, earthy tones have really taken over, especially rust. Now, does that mean that burgundy is out? Nope, you can still find it and it doesn't look dated. It just wasn't as prevalent this past season. The last point I want to make about trends is that over the last decade or so, trends have become so dilute and so diverse that there is literally something for everyone. It drives me crazy when women say they can't find clothes because the current trends aren't their style. This is outdated thinking when in the past there was just one or two trends or one or two styles that totally dominated and it was difficult to find other things, but that is so not the case anymore. I'll give you an example. Mock neck tops and drop shoulder sleeves are trending right now, and they both look terrible on me. But you know what? That's okay because there are a million tops out there that don't feature mock necks or drop shoulders. Trends are so diluted now that there aren't one or two or even five big trends. There are a lot of little micro trends like puff sleeves that I talked about in the fall or the O-ring belts that were big a couple of years ago. They're just these little things, but it's not this huge overarching inescapable thing that this is all you have to choose from. 
Trends are also really diverse these days. Even putting together the capsule guides, I have to choose which direction I'm going to go because there are a few color stories that are dominating the stores. There are a few different, very diverse silhouettes and styles that we're seeing. So there is absolutely something out there for everyone, no matter what your style, your size, your age, your lifestyle, whatever. You can find clothes that are current and even trending to work for you. I actually think it's a major cop-out when women say they can't find things because all the trends are terrible. This is a great excuse that keeps women from having to put in effort or from having to admit that they just don't want to make style a priority. I always say that's a fine answer. Style does not have to be a priority, but just be honest with yourself. It's not because it's not out there. It's because you don't want to put in the effort to find it, and that's okay. But if style is a priority, be willing to work for it. If you want to understand trends better, go back and listen to The Truth About Trends and to the episode called Are Skinny Jeans Still in Style? Both of those will be linked in the show notes and will help you let go of your fears of being trendy so you can enjoy what's current. And what's current this season? Well, here are five things you are going to be seeing in stores or online this spring. First, let's talk about color. I love color trends because to me, they're a super easy, non-scary way to update your wardrobe. You can just add a top and a color that's trending to your tried and true jeans or black pants, and you instantly look more current. And like I've said a million times, colors aren't revolutionary, so they don't really go out of style. You can feel pretty safe buying trendy colors that you love. Like every season, there are a few color palettes that have popped up to talk about. The first, and you got a sneak peek last week if you're on my email list, is lights and brights. We're talking pastels to neons. We're seeing a ton of light lavender, peach, mint, as well as neon green and pink. Lots of bright green and pinks in all shades. This is honestly my favorite trend of the season because it's it's just fun and it really speaks to spring, but also finally there is a trend that works for me personally. Yes, I did just get done telling you that there are things out there for everyone and it's true, but it's also true that sometimes it's harder to find those things. So when you are gifted a trend that is made for you or right for you and it's easy to find things, stock up. This is my season to shop and I'm going to buy every single thing that I think I'll want to wear for a long time. The other color palette we're seeing in a major way is completely the opposite. Lots of neutrals and washed out warmer colors like mustard, rust, and especially a light olive or mossy green. So this season, again, there really is kind of something for everyone, whether you gravitate toward brighter colors or a more subdued palette, it's out there for you. As always, if there's a color or a color palette you love and that you want to try, but it doesn't really love you back, just use it in a small way or put it on the bottom. From my capsule guide link hunting, I know there are lots of lavender flats out there and plenty of light olive pants. Just use less of it and don't put the color near your face. And if you don't know what colors are best for you and you struggle with that each season, reach out to the color guru who we had on the show recently. So many of our Style Circle members have used her services in the last few weeks, and they've gotten clear once and for all what colors work best on them. It makes getting dressed so much easier. There's a link in the show notes to her services, and you can use code EverydayStyle to take 10% off at checkout. 
If you are not sure what colors are best for you and you're tired of struggling with it, this is an amazing investment in your style and it'll do so much for your wardrobe and just make everything so much easier. But getting back to trends, let's chat a little bit about pattern. The big pattern trend for spring 2021 is floral. And I always feel like it's just a cop out to say floral for spring is a trend because it's floral and spring. It's kind of been a trend forever. But getting back to trends, let's chat about pattern. The big pattern trend for spring 2021 is floral. And I always feel a little unenthused about saying floral for spring as a trend because it's floral and spring. It They've gone hand in hand forever, you know? But this floral is a little bit different, so it's worth talking about. The floral we're seeing this season is tiny, also called ditzy floral. What a fun word, ditzy. Now, I know a lot of you have seen the prairie type ditzy floral dresses at Target, or you've seen the blogs mocking the ditzy floral dresses at Target, and you probably wrote the whole thing off. But just hold on a minute. Do you remember a couple weeks ago, I talked about trend salad versus trend garnish? Ditzy floral tiered midi dresses is a trend salad. It's got all the things going on, which makes it a little bit harder to pull off once you get to be say it with me, a woman of a certain age. However, in the capsule guide, we've got ditzy floral wrap dresses. We've got ditzy floral shirt dresses in the links. These are more classic silhouettes featuring that trendier pattern. That's a trend garnish, which makes it look current, but a lot easier to wear. And you won't feel so far out of your comfort zone. Also, instead of a huge voluminous dress, try a blouse or a shell under a jacket or cardigan. When there's less of the pattern, it's not so scary, but don't close your mind to the ditzy floral just yet. You might find one that you absolutely love. The other pattern I'm seeing is rugby stripe. That wide stripe pattern, it reminds me of my first day of middle school when I wore my Benetton rugby shirt with the matching green pants tight rolled at the ankle. And if you've ever wondered how old I am, that's how old I am. I know that some of you out there listening had the same, same outfit probably on your first day of middle school. 30 some years later, I have seen this pattern pop up on dresses and sweaters and headbands, skirts, you name it. This pattern looks super fresh and super chic, but a lot of women feel like they can't wear it. Remember what I said a few episodes ago. The question isn't, can I wear this? The question is, will I like the way this looks on me? And if this pattern is something you like, you owe it to yourself to try it and find out. Also, in our Body Shape Masterclass, I share how you can use pattern to highlight, enhance, or camouflage body parts. And these patterns are polar opposite when it comes to what they'll do for your shape. So if you are a Style Circle member, go check that class out. If you're not, it's under Classes and Guides on my website, and I will link to it in the show notes. But pattern is a great thing to use to reach your body shape goals. The next trend, which is kind of an overarching theme, is the 90s. We're seeing this in the style of pants and jeans and the comeback of the crewneck cardigan. We're seeing it in mini skirts, ruched detailing, smocking, square toe strappy sandals, crop tops, overalls, you name it. 
I know that it's really scary to revisit trends that you've already done. And again, I'd point out the trend salad versus the trend garnish. The 1990s version of you probably wore a mini skirt with a crew neck cardigan over a cropped ruched top with strappy square toe sandals. The 2020s version of you can still wear any of those things, but maybe not all of those things, at least not all at once. And maybe there are some that you just don't want to revisit and that's okay. You know, I'm a fan of shorter skirts, but I think as a mother of two, I won't be revisiting my micro minis. And again, that's fine. I have put those away. That phase of my life is over. I'll look for the things that I do like and style them in a way that my 2021 self feels comfortable in and leave the trend salad to my middle schooler who looks adorable in them. I mentioned jeans in the 90s trend, but I'd like to dig a little deeper into pant shapes in general for our fourth trend. Pants are getting bigger, looser, wider, and we're seeing things like barrel legs, tapered legs, wide leg crops, full length, full leg trousers, relaxed straight legs, mom jeans, dad jeans, and even more boyfriend jeans have popped up this season than there have been in the last couple of years. Now, does this mean that you have to bury your skinnies in the backyard and have a memorial for them? Nope, not at all. Fashiony types have been saying for years that skinny jeans were over, and yet here we are still wearing skinny jeans, and stores are still selling tons of skinnies. We've gotten used to them, and perhaps we've forgotten that they were a radical thought when they first came out, but now they're just kind of there. They're definitely not the most current silhouette, but I doubt the other moms at the soccer game will ostracize you if you're wearing skinnies. It's important that you feel good in what you're wearing first and foremost, but if you want a more current look, add a little bit more volume to your bottoms. For some of us, this is a welcome departure from skinnies, and for others, it is scary as heck. If you want to dip a toe into the big pants waters, start with straight legs. They're kind of a baby step. Then try a wider leg crop. The shorter length will balance out the the added volume and not make it feel like your pants are so much bigger. Remember, it takes our eyes a while to adjust to new silhouettes after seeing the same ones for a long time, and we've been looking at skinnies for a long time. Also keep in mind that you may need to adjust the length and volume of your top and your shoes to work with the added volume of your bottoms. You can't just put a totally different silhouette in pants into your current wardrobe and have it work perfectly. This one is sort of a big shakeup and it'll require a little bit of extra work. The last trend I want to talk about is shoulders and sleeves. I went to the Mall of America for the first time in over a year last week, and it was really nice to actually see and touch clothes. It's so much easier to see trends as a whole when you can get a bird's eye view of lots of stores in a short amount of time, rather than looking at each store's individual website and trying to sort of piecemeal it together. But one thing I noticed as I was shopping was shoulders and sleeves. I saw big puffy sleeves, little puffy sleeves, ruffled sleeves, bishop sleeves, and shoulder pads. Yep, you heard that right, shoulder pads. I probably saw shoulder pads in four or five stores, and while that doesn't seem like a lot, it's enough to tell me what's coming. And even if the shoulders weren't padded, we're seeing lots of sharp, structured shoulders on dresses and tops and jackets. None of these things are good or bad for everyone, so you shouldn't be afraid to try them. But elements like this do have an effect on how your body looks. Some effects you'll 
like more than others. But you can also use these elements to dress your body best. You can add structure or volume to your outfit to balance out your body or create or enhance curves. Again, if you've taken the Body Shape Masterclass, you know what I'm talking about. But you can also do trial and error in fitting rooms or your closet, paying attention to what effect bigger sleeves or a structured shoulder has on your shape overall. It's really about paying attention to what these things are doing for you. That is all I've got for you today. I hope this episode has made you excited for spring and excited about getting dressed, especially if you've put style on the back burner for a bit. It's okay. It happens. But spring is a great time to reinvigorate yourself and your style. And there are so many fun wearable trends out there this season. Your homework is just to look for trends. If you're walking through Target or online shopping, see if you can identify these five things and notice how different stores are interpreting them. I guarantee you Talbot's trends look different than H&M's, but you're going to see most of these things on both websites. Just have fun with it. We'll be back next week with a fun episode about Swedish death cleaning. I know you're excited for that one. Until then, keep an eye out for the spring capsule guide featuring these trends, showing you how to wear them in real life. I'll see you next time. Hey friend, thanks for listening to the show. Don't forget to head over to the website for any links, downloads, or resources we talked about during the episode. Go to youreverydaystyle.com slash podcast and find the episode you're looking for. While you're there, make sure you sign up for our email list. You'll get a weekly style tip as well as links to my favorite product of the week to help make style even easier. It's an email you'll actually look forward to getting, so don't miss out. We'll see you next time. And until then, stay stylish.